0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 76. Uh, We're at the end of a long night of recording for me. I've been testing stuff, I've been trying to work out my EQ levels and all my own stuff. You know, playing with my little toys. And you can hear the results of that from this first episode, from this episode. My apologies, the audio is still a little bit wacky. I've been up doing, playing with audio levels for a while. This is probably the best I can do for tonight, I'm about to call it quits. Um, but Yeah, for tonight's episode we have what we have is a quick recap of my festival experience and uh, We get into an article On uh, article a list of some things that you can do here If you're new to Japan or coming as a tourist I didn't get through the whole list, but I just gave you something, a little a few niblets of it um, Again, my apologies for the audio. Uh, I will try my best to do it next get better next time I'm um, just taking baby steps I got I apparently I have a few more YouTube videos I need to watch before I can get this thing down pat but I'm working on it all right y'all enjoy yo what's going on everybody welcome to episode 76 of Japan according to Akio I think I finally got my sound settings correct and I'm ready to rock I'm still in the process of getting everything you know the way it needs to be done but we're getting there step by step I hope you've been doing well I've been doing awesome uh, I, as always, you know, this is going to be an off-the-cuff kind of podcast. Uh, I've been putting, let me just, it's not going to be that long because I want to get some other work done, uh, just to let you know. Um, I came back from a party, just, just you know, again, an update on what I've been doing. I came back from a party. Real quick, um, the main guy I go out with sometimes, uh, his birthday was, you know, a celebration. So, uh, I went out and, um... Just went to say hi. It kind of wasn't my, my kind of mood, if you will. And, and again, I'm in kind of in grind mode. I was thinking about it on my way back home, why I didn't stay and, you know, pop bottles and get crazy. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, you know, I was kind of like the one, the only foreign person there. Two, it was a different vibe type of party. It was more of a celebratory party, not more of a chill laid back kind of thing. And three, I'm really in grind mode right now. I much prefer to, instead of like, you know, having a blast, getting all drunk, which I love to do, um, I prefer to kind of come here, come back, hang out with you guys, you know, talk some shit. <laughs> and get some work done before I and, and start tomorrow fresh. Uh, you know, it's just not that my time. And in life to really be uh you know getting wild like how I used to do way back in the day so again nothing bad I was just happy to see my friend and see a few other people I know and then just say what's up and you know roll back my outfit was looking crispy by the way I gotta keep that one in stock (laughs) and you know my goatee was looking fresh so I was quite pleased with myself but um yeah, but, oh, before we get in, so what we have on, on, in store for today is just a quick, quick short but sweet kind of thing. Uh, nothing too fancy. I'm just going to give you guys a quick update on what happened to me in my festival. I know you're dying to know. Probably not, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> and um, I have one article, which I haven't actually gone through the whole thing. Uh, so this might actually take a while. We'll see how how much I get through it. Pretty interesting stuff. I think it might be helpful for you if you're coming to visit Tokyo, coming um, coming to visit Japan. I already recommended it to someone. It's kind of fucked up. I just recommended it to someone without <laughs> who's coming here without even really reading the whole thing. But I'm, I just checked a few things on this list, and I think it's it's got the goods if what you you know if that's what you're in the, in the mood for. So um, yeah, so we're gonna get into that. And let me see if my mic, do I get my feedback? Sorry, I'm I'm still figuring out how to work all this shit. (laughs) I think it's working. I'm trying to check if I, if I'm going to turn my headphones up. (laughs) If my headphones are actually working correctly. I'm not quite sure, but I'll listen to it after. But I think my sound levels are, are pretty good. So hopefully the sound quality on this is better than it was last time and better than the previous YouTube videos I've been putting out because I listened to one the other day. I was like, ew, I fucked that sound up really bad. But, you know, I'm just going to let it let it rock with the roll. Um, okay. Sorry, I was looking at something else. All right. But anyway, um, let, let's just get into it. So first off, before before I even get into the article, let me just tell you what happened the other week at the um, festival I went to. Again, it was another memorable experience. Really happy that I had it. Really um, blessed with the opportunity to, you know, wear some funky pajamas, carry heavy objects all day, screaming, yelling. <laughs> it was, however, the first time where I could feel like, oh, my age. Uh-oh. Because, like, um, just getting everybody settled into to the place and, and um, driving, parking a bit away from you know, where my in-laws live and stuff like that. I bought some beer, of course, you know, because it's going to be a day of drinking. I'm walking back, hurrying up, and my knee would just went like, on my, on my way back to the house. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, my shit's got all fucked up before I even carried anything. So, like, my knee, I don't know what I was doing. I was just walking, and then it just my knee just knew what was coming. So it was just like, fuck this, tried to get away from me. So I kind of like, I don't know, tweaked my knee, tweaked it, you know, just walking. So that kind of had me a little bit spooked for the day. But once I got alcohol in my system, I was fine. Um, Yeah, lots of yelling, lots of screaming. Um, Something interesting, really interesting happened with this festival this time. So like, and this is, I can can give you some insight to stuff that happens in Japan. Like when you start getting accepted into a group, some, you gotta be, you gotta roll with it, I think I said before, because some random shit will happen that you're not prepared for, and you just gotta, like, dive into. So, in my case, what happened was, I, um... I, yeah, we were getting ready to, like, I think we carried the shrine, because you carry it in, like, intervals, if you will, so... And the neighborhood association I carry the shrine, portable shrine with, um... We carry it from, like, about one... And the last time is, like, 6 o'clock of the evening when everyone's just dying. And, like, so, like, this time, like, I think after the first time carrying it and, you know, I'm starting to warm up, you know, I'm, like, my knees, my ankles, everything's still in shape. I think I'm, like, okay, I think I can do this for another year. And, like like, after we take a break, one of the dudes, you know, who I've seen, like, once a year, really cool guy, he's, like, they they were talking a little bit, and they were like, hey, you know, because to start the parade, like, everyone, like, it's like a line of portable shrines, and everyone, like, hops on top of them. Like, the the leader, if you will, hops on top, and stands on top of it. So they're, like, about, like, three... Not three meters in the air. Like, about two meters, like, a couple of feet, like, um, like, five, six feet in the air, if you will. Um... However much that is in meters. And you stand on top of the shrine really tall with like two big clappers out, and when everyone's ready, you like clap it. And for a Japanese party, it, this is the rhythm, like to op to close a ceremony, or sometimes to open it's bum bum bump bum bum bump bum 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 bump. Right? Like that, you get used to that rhythm. Um, sometimes they do it once, sometimes they do it three times. So one time is mm yay the third time everyone's like yay right the third one is kind of a long one um the one rhythm one is a short one but like festivals or parties or you know really stuff like that Japanese people will if you see everyone just standing there with their arms open and they'll go yep that's what they're about to do it's just like an official ending to the party it happens a lot not all the time but it happens a lot Um, you know especially not traditional traditional but with real Japanese type people situations it it happens a lot so um, yeah so they were like yeah Akil next year you should go up there and do that and they were the talk like yeah you should do it next year and i'm like oh shit really cuz like to be able to go up there and do that is kind of like a really ceremonial kind of thing so i was like oh fuck like, that will be kind of cool that's kind of crazy a little bit scary but all right cool maybe i got a year to prepare myself for it and then like a few minutes later they were like yeah you could you can just go up there and do it now and i was like <laughs> i was like what <laughs> and so i was like i was like oh shit like but you know my um in-laws, my family, every, everyone was nearby. So I was just like, we over like, uh, I'm about to get up there and clap the things. And they were like, what? Oh my gosh, what? What the fuck? Because it's like, you know, it's not an everyday occurrence to really be able to do that. So um, I was nervous as fuck, of course, because it's kind of high. It's like a big unstable kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I fall off this thing. What if I tip it over? Like, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> so um, I get up there and, you know, soaring like an eagle above you know, the, the clouds, <laughs> but that's kind of how I felt, you know, leaning against this big, heavy object, and I'm just, like, really unstable, and I'm like, is this shit safe, you know, but whatever, I just gotta just do it, and um, yeah, so I clapped the things, and everyone was like, you know, when I got up there, of course, everyone was like, what is this foreign dude? Is he supposed to be up there? Like, <laughs> you know. And then when everyone like claps, it's like, yeah. It's like, oh wow, you did it, you know. But um, and then another guy did it after me later, so I wasn't the only one. But I wasn't like the super super special guest of honor. But you know, it 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 did it is like small kind of things like that are kind of validation that I in the group you know people kind of i feel like it i feel, from my perspective like those type of things honorary situations just like okay we'll give this guy the spotlight for a second because he's shown that he's down for the cause you know um basically i've been doing that for five years every time i show up every time you know nothing too fancy nothing too crazy i try my hardest Um, And those type of uh, qualities or personality traits are kind of rewarded here in Japan. So being like a steady Eddie, always being reliable, always being dependable, you know, being able to roll with the group, roll with the punches is a really, really strong um, quality here. And even though it's a small thing, I think for you all and for me, too, I I really took it to heart and I was really, really um, touched by the fact that they let me do that and For just for you, me sharing this story, is even though that's a small thing, um, the principle of that, I think, is something you can take with you to show that even though you're not really, you know, just by showing up and doing this shit for the past five years, I was never openly or outwardly rewarded, but it, the reward or the payoff does come later, but you just can't dictate when it comes. Here in Japan, it's kind of weird like that. So, I mean, that comes in your job. That comes in whatever. I mean, and the reward might not even be something. Let me let me give you um, a bit of caution because the reward might not even, in your eyes, might might not even live up to what you the effort that you think you put in which is also something that goes with it. But the important point is the level of acceptance you get from Japanese people is something that comes over time, and it comes unexpectedly. And it comes with, like, one significant gesture, normally, that might go over your head that you might be like, whatever the fuck, whatever. But it does come. So, and it comes in different levels. So, um... That I think is something that you can walk with and you can take with you. You know, if you come to coming to Japan or just dealing with Japanese people in, in general, just be there. You know, participate, play your part, play your role, play your position, and um, you'll be able to hit the clappers and climb up on the heavy heavy object one day. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's pretty much that for that. That's that for that. All right. Um, let's let's transition, shall we? into our article for today. And I forgot, I was again. I was in a lesson or something like that looking up stuff and um, on the computer this article kind of caught my eye. So after my lesson was finished, I just saved it because I have computers uh, where I work. So um, I can pull up stuff on, on Google, which is where I do my work You know, when I have time, which I rarely do, but when I do, I also do some editing and stuff like that at my job, which is a lifesaver. But anyway, um, so uh, this article is 50 Unusual and Weird Things to Do in Tokyo, Every First-Timer Must Try. So again, one more time, is 50 Unusual and Weird Things to Do in Tokyo, Every First-Timer Must Try. All right, so we're going to go through this. Um, I'll try and get through the whole thing or as much as I can. Again, I haven't really gone through this whole list. Uh. I don't know i'm just whatever i'm just we'll we just we figure it out together right i'll just go through it and either I'll, of course i'm not gonna like pull shit out of my ass and talk about stuff that i don't know um i'm not gonna read the whole fucking article we're just gonna go through the main points i'll give my opinion on what i can i'll skip what i can't or what i just don't give a fuck about <laughs> and um we'll see how how much we're like 13 minutes in so we'll see how much I can I can get through because again it's like 11:30 at night and I want to kind of get some other shit done because I got my microphone set out you know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's just get into it. So one more time, 50 unusual and weird things to do in Tokyo every first timer must try. Let me give a shout out to the website which is inspired by maps.com. And here we go. So number one, have your own Mario Kart. Mario go-kart adventure in the street on the streets of Tokyo. Again, that's some really touristy shit for me. I would never really do that. I would just not never really do. it. I just wouldn't have really any interest in, in doing it. Um, I just prefer to drive like a luxury car through Tokyo <laughs> instead of like a go-kart. Um, But, again, there's several companies doing that here now. It's a huge business, a huge thing. Just remember to get your international driver's license. You can't just pop, especially if you're from America. Make sure you have your international driver's license. If you're thinking about coming to Tokyo and doing that, that's the only uh, caveat I think you you need. You can't really get it. I think you can't get your international license after you come here. So if you want to do it, do the prep work and, um, you know, get your international license before, before coming here. Number two, shop at, shop up a storm at the Bazaar Don Quixote store. Don Quixote is a trip. Like, I get fucking claustrophobic every time I go there, to be honest with you, just because, like, the, I, you might be like, hey, what the fuck is Don Quixote? Don Quixote is just a big um, kind of import, not import, it's just like a big mega store, is what it is. And they sell a bunch of different shit. You know, you can just wander around and see you got TVs next to like fucking slippers next to dildos next to like it's it's, it's just, you you know, next to cosplay outfits. It's just a bunch of just a mishmash of like random shit. Um, If you just threw like Amazon, you know, like a warehouse of Amazon in a blender and, you know, shoved it in like a small package, like that's kind of what it would be like. Every time I go to Don Quixote, I always kind of freak out, like, what if a big earthquake happens in here? Just because, like, stuff is piled up to the ceiling so high, like, you'll have, like, a bicycle rack and a TV, like, right on top of your head. And then like, me living in Japan, knowing, like, an earthquake can happen at any fucking time, I just kind of get a little bit claustrophobic. I'm not, I don't really get claustrophobic, but I get a little bit claustrophobic when I'm in there. Like, let me get the fuck out of this death trap <laughs> before something happens to me. <laughs> Sorry, that's the first thing I think about every time I go in there. But, I mean, if you're a newcomer here, it is a great place to shop, a lot of stuff to see just walk around, try on shit, like fuck around it's cool. Number three get refueled at any Katsuya restaurant chain I'm not too familiar with Katsuya but just looking at it, I'm guessing it's a Tonkatsu place, Uh, I might have been there, I I, I don't know, I I have to see the logo of what it looks like, let me see, let me me click on one of these links and see what the fuck this thing looks like hold on, I'm taking this to a totally different level um I can't really see the logo of the place. Because I need to see the... I think I have been here before. I think I have... E, no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. But basically, tonkatsu is just like a... Um, pork cutlet. Or generally, we served with rice and sauce. Um, yeah. Pretty good quality. Pretty much... You, you, anywhere you go is going to be good. Pretty much. If you, eat, if you eat pork, of course. If not... Then don't fucking go in there because they won't have anything like vegetable or vegan at all for you. They ain't got nothing for you. Just just warning you. But it's a good place though uh, or it's a good dish let me say. Number four, experience otaku culture in Tokyo's Akihabara neighborhood. Of course that speaks for itself. Aki- Akihabara is a very famous area. Um, that's definitely one place with just a list of a litany of shit that you can um, get into or run around over there. So that kind of speaks for itself. Number five, Unleash your inner child at the Yamashioya. Yamashio Yamashiloya. Sorry, it's in written in English, so it's kinda of tough for me to read it. Yamashiloya. Toy store. I have no idea what the fuck that is, so. Hmm. Number six, get lost in the giant Ginza Uniqlo Ginza flagship store. That's true. So this flagship store, I I pass it quite a bit, just um, my daily weekly routine at work I go in there occasionally it is a big shop if you've never been into a Uniqlo or if popping, I don't even know if need Unicolo's popping outside of Japan really but if it is reasonably popping and you you know um, just go ahead in there for me the, the if you're a guy the upper floors it's just a lot of women's stuff the upper floors are really the places to go just because they got t-shirts and stuff at I think like the top two floors they got this really big t-shirt wall which is kind of cool so um, definitely check that out. Their bathroom's pretty decent as well if you got, like, you know, if, if nature's calling you and you're in Ginza, go to Uniqlo. Like, they, they have a, a pretty decent bathroom. It's a lot better than a train station bathroom. So um, let me see. Any, anything else? I wanted to say something else over that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, this building... If my memory serves me correctly, used to be the Louis Vuitton store. But um, Louis Vuitton, I, I believe I talked about this on the podcast as well. Ginza changed like about a little over 10 years ago. And, you know, the luxury of Ginza, the exclusivity of the, you know, rodeo drivishness of, um, Ginza has kind of faded a bit, if you will, and it's become a really much a touristy kind of area. And Uniqlo, a, a big, at the time, a big indicator of that was from that shop, Louis Vuitton leaving moving out and Uniqlo moving in. And since then, you know, H&M, GU, Abercrombie. For me, I don't think Abercrombie is doing so well over there anymore. Like, um, I don't really see people flooding in there, you know the Abercrombie sales staff look a little jealous sometimes, <laughs> but um, definitely I'd say the bell of the ball when it comes to uh, tourists in Ginza is the Uniqlo shop. And, you know, it's a pretty cool shopping experience. It's really well lit. Um, it's all glass, like a lot of glass in the front. Um, just, I'd say it's a decent place to, you know, get some shopping done for yourself, some souvenir shopping, if you are not too familiar with Uniqlo or you like it and, um just want to get some shit again. I I just I've cherry picked some T-shirts from there if, that I think are good, like once or twice a year. Okay, and some work slacks which I kind of need coming up. Okay, um, let's see. Eight Wander down to Kestadori, A.K.A. Did I skip something. Oh, yes, I did. Number seven. Sorry. Visit the rather controversial Yasukuni Shrine. Um, I'll leave that one alone. You can kind of Google Yasukuni Shrine if you want. I've been there once, yeah, it's a shrine. Uh, <laughs> I really don't have too much to add to that. Number eight, Wander Down Takeshita a.k.a. the Famous Harajuku Lane. That's what it's called, the Famous Harajuku Lane. Okay. Um, yeah, Takeshita Dori again, I've talked about it before, is really, you know, you hear the name Harajuku in pop culture and things like that. It's a really small street, um... But there is, there are, especially if you're younger, probably if you're female, um, there are, you know, a litany of things to do down that street. It's really packed, lots of shops, lots of bubble tea popping off probably there now. Um, they have like I think the Kawaii Monster uh, restaurant, which I've never been to. I, again, I really don't go down to Keshadori like, it's just no nothing there for me. But I would say, as a tourist, that's definitely, definitely, definitely a place that you need to go. Sunday is going to be the most packed day there. Again, I, uh, however, though, an interesting point it's losing a bit of its luster with um, the younger generation. Just, uh, again, I have a lot of students who are teens in their early 20s. So in the past, like, Harajuku was the high school girl's dreamland. You know, that's where they all went. And then as they got a little bit older, they moved to Shibuya. Now what's happening with um, the K-pop boom that's happened in here in Japan is that actually um, Shinokubo, which is on the Yamanote line, or I forgot the name of, it's near Shinokubo, it's another um, area, I forgot the name of what they call it, but, because, you know, I mean, is that shit really, I mean, not like fuck K-pop, but I'm just like, it's not really my thing, so I don't really, you know, think too deep into it, but that's where all the young people are really going, so Takeshita Dori is pretty much more for, like, tourists and things, becoming more of a touristy kind of area, and, um, so the good news for you is that if you are a tourist or if you are visiting there's going to be a lot more things catered towards you there you know catered toward the towards the cool japan kawaii image of harajuku or stereotype or stigma or whatever you want to call it um of harajuku so there should be a lot pretty much a lot of entertaining things for you there i probably own because it's a lot of these motherfuckers Um, I'll probably only do 10 of these, and then I might try to pick it up later in the next episode, just because we're almost at 20 minutes. And again, uh, I think that's a good place to stop, because I I damn sure ain't getting through all 50 of these, so I'll tell you that right now. All right, um, so number nine, take a gamble. (laughs) Yep, we did to catch it number nine take a gamble in any of the Pachinko parlors in Tokyo now Pachinko um, I think I've talked about this on the podcast if not I'll re- reiterate what I've said before Pachinko is an interesting thing because I've never actually played Pachinko I've never actually been in a Pachinko parlor here in Japan so I can't really give any advice on that you probably have to just check online YouTube videos, of vlogs or websites and stuff like that for actually the ins and outs of pachinko but because, just because I've been in Japan a bit too long, I'm a bit too long in the tooth to just be wandering all up into a pachinko parlor. But I think as a tourist, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a good experience for you to have. I kind of wish I had gone when I first came to Japan and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Just because it's such a surreal kind of experience, a lot of noise, a lot of shit going on. You'll probably meet some, you know, crazy old person <laughs> who will either talk to you or just be pissed off that you're there. It's going to go one way or the other. I'll just tell you right now. Now you're going to be a total dick to everyone that's there, or you'll have someone who's nice who will help you out. Probably go in, going in and around touristy areas might be a bit of a better idea just because they're probably more used to having the random tourists wander in there and they'll probably know how to accommodate you a bit better. You know, ideally, Shibuya area, Shinjuku area, um, yeah, will probably be the better spots to go to. Um, you know, somewhere near the station. Uh, probably it's the one place that's not so crowded. Uh, I've heard again, if the place is not so crowded, it's probably because your chances of winning are not so high. So, but if you're just going for the experience, you know, just a waste of some money. It's like playing slot machine. Just go there for shits and giggles and then have fun. Okay, number 10, and then I'll wrap things up for this time. Um, number 10, Marvel and take part in the famous Shibuya Scramble. So yep, the Scramble in Shibuya, which is, again, the busiest intersection in the world. I was there, was I there today? I was there like a few days ago. Um, again, they're renovating the whole area. It's, it's really, really different than it used to be when I used to hang out there. The vibe of the place, which is cool. It's a lot more like tourist friendly, I think. They're changing it. Lots of construction is going on there now. And it will continue probably for the next, I think, decade or so. I believe. So, in you know the future, when my son's old enough to be like actually going there to hang out and go with his friends, it'll be really different—a really different place. Um, but this guy, it never gets old, even for me to going in there. They got, they got like TVs and shit up in there, music blasting all over the place. I was like, "What the fuck?" when I was there, but. But it never gets old. And I think that's one thing about living in Japan that I never get tired of, is going there and seeing the scale of that place. And I still remember my first time going there and, and the wonder I felt by just being in such a, like... It's kind of like a Times Square kind of atmosphere, but without, like, all the vendors and shit like that. It's, it's just a really cool area. Um, so do yourself a favor. And, of course, head over there. You got to do it, right? You got to do it. If you're going to Tokyo, you got to go to Shibuya. Like, if you are tourists in Tokyo and you don't go to Shibuya to go sightseeing and something's wrong with you. All right. So that's it. I think that's a good place to stop 10. I might continue this. I don't know. I'll see. Uh, Or I might just go to something completely different. Next next episode, it just really, really depends. I'll just roll the dice and see what comes up. But as always, uh, thanks for stopping in on this episode. I hope you had a good time. I had, of course, a good time.